Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Ryan, how are you doing on this beautiful night? Is it nighttime for you out there on the West Coast? No, I think that you get the times mixed up. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. 750 I, at you. You know, I don't know what day it is or time. Uh, or a lot, Sometimes I don't know the month. Uh, I just have been living in like crazy SEO world. Do you consider um, yourself the Nick Cage of podcasters, oh God, especially hope, in like so. in like leaving Las Vegas? Like, oh, I don't know. no, I was thinking that one where it's like like a vampire Nick Cage from like the early nineties. You know, Vampire's Kiss. You when when he goes, I'm a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you have seen it. So yeah, that, that's the one I was thinking. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Um. Yeah. You know, I, I just I don't even know what I'm in at this point. Um. I just keep doing it. So just have a whirlwind of of work and side projects and hot sauce brewing and hot sauce is a brewing, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about something our listeners can actually use. And that is the third part of our three part series. So the final part of SEO 101. And today we're going to be talking about our least favorite thing, (laughs) which is uh, on page SEO site structure. We're going to talk about, like on-page optimizations, siloing, all of the nitty-gritty boring stuff that no one ever wants to see you report about that will take up a lot of your time. Yeah, it's, it's a stuff that can actually get like quite monotonous if you're working like in-house and working on one site. And once you get all past like the, the, the flare and yeah. the thrill of links and then you produce your content, you're like, okay, actually I have to bend the elbow grease to do this stuff. And uh, oftentimes it's... Uh, you can be outsourced with a proper checklist and a process, um, but it's good to get your hands dirty if you're yeah. doing this for it, the first time. It's a good thing to like maybe find a good audio book to have playing in the background for a while. You know, I like to listen to unsolved mysteries on YouTube uh, from the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> good for you. That's a good one. I, uh, I, mean, I think there's so many seasons and episodes. It's like it never ends. And, you know, it's just good background garbage to have on while you're doing this kind of work. Because like we said, it's monotonous, but we're going to give you uh, some steps and some guidelines to do if you're doing this yourself. Yeah, it's certainly important. I think that I got through all lost uh, doing a lot of uh, on-site optimization projects. I mean, you can get a lot. That's that's a lot. Listening, watching lost, getting lost in your work. So Paul, how we'll approach this is uh, I certainly don't have a list in front of me. So we're going to probably start from the top, which are the most obvious and and also (laughs) typically the most important. And what will happen is we'll go through and, and then we'll start picking our brains and dig, digging deep to find like the, the one-offs here and there. Definitely. Okay. So let's start real high level here and let's talk a little bit about site structure. All right. Cause this is like something you need to set up uh, to be correct at the beginning before you actually start adding content. And so let's talk about like how you need to have like your URL structured on your website. Um, and so the way that you kind of look at that uh, is one there. Think about your website as containing like categories, right? And those categories are going to be denoted within like the URL of which they live in. So it's important to have things in there like your website name and then blog and then the actual title of the blog post, right? Because you're telling Google a little more information about what this page is about. Uh, This is specifically important when you get into like local SEO and you can use uh, correct architecture to really guide Google into the location that your business is at. So, you know, you don't want to have like a super long URL, but you want to get to, I think there's like a character limit on URLs anyway. So you, do you know what that is, uh, Ryan? hundred? 
120. Uh, it changes all the time. Um, like you can look it up and see whatever it is currently. Um, but, uh, you know, I always say, you know, like the, the more keywords that you can provide in like the URL. So like if you are a multi-location business, do you like city or sorry, do you like state and then like city um, and like have that be like your, like your landing page, you know, so like don't just have like a random URL out there for like a location, be specific and then actually have pages to back up uh, some of these things. So like if it says city, have all the cities listed out on that page that link to the actual the actual cities that they're in or like states that they're in. I take subdirectories very, very seriously. And I think this is kind of a partially siloing content. It's partially site architecture, but I know that there are SEOs out there that are like, you know, let's say you have uh, a, a location in Orlando that would be like, you know, example.com forward slash Florida forward slash Orlando, right? So that's a city within. And I've seen some companies that'll just be like, well, you want to have like the United States, you want to have like the area of Florida. And then I think that it's not ideal to have too many, what I call tiers down to actually get to the page. And then especially if one of the tiers doesn't even have content or is a non-existent page in the yeah. first place. Don't have uh, non-existent tiers for sure. Yeah. That's um, insane. I don't like to have more than three tiers personally. Like, I think like that's like, like you can make it work. If you have to have four, it's not the end of the world, but you don't want to do any more than that, in my opinion. Because with, as each tier that goes down, it's like another layer of stuff that like Google has to crawl through and like figure out to like get to like what's important. I, I personally, and I don't work on, always work on massive websites and massive, I, I mean like tens of thousands of pages typically work in the range of hundreds and then maybe like the few thousands. But I think almost everything can be accomplished as far as like the services, uh, most businesses can be accomplished in about two tiers. I know that organizationally, some e-commerce can get really teary, if you want to say that as, <laughs> yeah. as a phrase, uh, can get granular and they have like plenty of reasons. So it's just, everything is just within reason. Unnecessary tiers, I don't do it. Even for vanity, I don't understand it. It's just like you're saying, anything that would kind of inhibit a crawler from finding these pages is not necessary. Also, don't have subdomains for like important things uh, that drive traffic, like organic traffic. Like don't have your blog on a subdomain. Oh, no. Um, Google's going to treat it like it's like a separate URL. Um, You're going to miss out on like all the SEO value that's like going to be bringing to like your main domain and pushing all the authority for that up. So, you know, make sure you have that as a as a directory, uh, like a subfolder on your website. Yeah, there, I think that when I was starting off as an SEO, maybe my first couple of years, uh, we used to think that instead of creating, because that's when microsites used to be really popular. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm oh, going to yeah. rank for like a niche keyword. I'm going to create a microsite of five, 10 pages and just rank for it. And, and the domain was like the keyword. <laughs> exactly. Very, very vanity uh, driven. And a lot of people were like, well, what's the point of buying like a new, completely new domain, if I can create a subdomain and piggyback off the authority of it existing. Because yeah, you don't piggyback pig- off of it. It doesn't piggyback. It is not a thing. The reason that it would exist is because mostly you're using the vanity and the awareness and the notoriety of the existing domain. Yeah. Also, if, if you have like an M dot, does it even still exist? No, There's gotta be that's some pretty much done. No, I, okay. Thank no, God. those are so like out of, out of here. So we'll just tell you, an M.Dot used to be like a mobile version of your website. Everyone just has dynamic websites that resize depending on like the device that comes to it now. So they're responsive. Yeah. If you happen to have one, get off of it. Um, They're stupid anyways, and just don't have that. Yeah. We're not that way. So yeah, site architecture. uh, Yeah. 
in summation, I guess. A lot of times if you're using WordPress, what'll happen is if you have a long title, WordPress will automatically be like, well, we're just going to basically take your title and just put dashes in between it to make it like a cohesive URL. But if that's like extremely long, you're going to basically just want to sum it up much shorter. So it's oh, like- Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so while we're on that, so I'm assuming a lot of you out there listening are probably using WordPress. I hope that you're using that over something like- uh, Joomla. What's the other one? .NET Nuke. No, no. Hold Drupal. on. That is one. What's Wix. like the- Wix. Yeah. That's the one that's really bad. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't use Wix. Uh, just, just use- WordPress over that. Um, yeah, go uh, go and like check out one of my tutorials that has set up on WordPress. It's really not that good. Yeah. So in WordPress, you want to make sure that you set it up to have like keyword rich URLs and not just like a bunch of random numbers um, in there. You know, it's like your URL is the first thing that Google's going to crawl and it's the first opportunity for you to tell Google what that page is about. So, you know, absolutely set that in WordPress or whatever CMS that you have to give like custom URLs for the page. And like Ryan just said, you know, you don't want a super long one, cut it down, just have the keywords that you want. If you can sum up what the whole page is about and like three or four words, that's what you want to make it. Yeah. It's succinct as, as possible. But with like enough for someone to understand, but the thing about your URL, it doesn't have to explain what, blog or page or article is about because that's what your meta title and your meta information such as descriptions are, are for. So let's go right into that. What is meta information? We'll start with the SEO page title, right? This is the most important. And this is really the only thing that has like a, an influence on the rankings. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, there's a character limit of, of what your SEO page title can be. And the page title is like, you know, when you open up a browser, you go to a page, you look up at the tab, you're going to see what the page is about and, you know, a bunch of little letters up there. You probably don't often notice it, but, you know, that's important information to Google. And you're, you're manually putting that in there. Um, and there, there was a time when you could just write a bunch of different keywords about what the page was about. But standard practice now is pretty much just to have like four or five words of what the page is about and then a pipe, a little, a little pipe guy, and then the brand name of the website. And that's, that's pretty much what, what's, uh, what's going on now in that world. Um, Google can actually like rearrange it to be whatever it wants, regardless of what you give it. But most of the time it shows what you put in the SEO page title on the page. I think uh, learning how to do SEO titles and getting, getting in there and just doing it all of them manually is a great way to learn. I like to think that doing SEO titles is like uh, shucking oysters for Bradley Cooper in Burnt. You know, you do like a million. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do a million, and that's like your. That, that was where honestly, patents. that's where I got my start. I think it's like the first official responsible task that anyone really gets. Uh, I mean, not always. I mean, that's what it was for you. That's what it was for me, and um, it'll it'll be one of the first things that will have an impact, and it'll be the best ways for you to kind of like learn how approaching SEO from a content standpoint works and a keyword standpoint. So. Super important. And yeah, I, I agree with your, your practice for pages and articles, like definitely the main keyword and then the Piper doohickey is what some people call it. And then the brand, the only time that I change that is typically for the blog. Typically for the blog, I'll use as an opportunity to, to do two keywords. Um, I typically won't brand a blog because it's associated with something that's typically more informational. And therefore I try to like draw more yeah. people in the traffic that's, of the title. That's a good call out. But you know, it's something that like, this is like, beginning level SEO. Uh, don't just put a bunch of random keywords in there. Uh, you kind of want it to like, 
you know, because people see this uh, from the SERPs when they Google these things, right? That's like one of the first things that you see and it influences if you're going to click on it. So if it's just a bunch of random keywords that don't make any sense when you read it, people aren't going to click on it. So you want it to be like kind of written out in a sentence explaining what people are about to click on, but also include like the high traffic keywords that the page is trying to rank for in it. That being said, that's a very important call because I think a lot of beginner, but also intermediate SEOs will try optimizing their homepage because your homepage, the the title is probably going to include your most important keyword along with your brand. People kind of forget that they did that. They optimize certain pages for certain keywords. And what will happen is that they'll use the same titles for multiple pages. And what you can suffer from is what's called keyword cannibalization when you optimize the same titles for multiple pages. And that is something that most SEOs fall into early on. That's kind of what you need to practice is like each page even though they can interlink and they can talk about related subjects, needs to cover its own unique subject matter. Because what will happen is Google is crawling your website and it's saying uh, Birmingham Mac Repair is on the homepage, but also there's a dedicated geo page to Birmingham Mac Repair. And then also later on, like a couple of weeks ago, you wrote a blog that has a lot to do with like five uh, signs <laughs> that you need to repair your MacBook, but then you just like threw Birmingham in there too. And all of a sudden you have yeah, three don't... pages on the website that might be ranking attempting in Google yeah. to rank for the same keyword. Let's get to meta descriptions. Talked about SEO page titles, uh, meta descriptions, you know, they're boring. <laughs> they're right. <laughs> just pre- uh, you should preface everything like, okay, know, this is boring. Everything we're talking about is boring right now. It's because eat. it's not that we're above it. It's just that we, this is the if, one thing that we, if you, we, we truly don't work on this. If anymore. you find this interesting, Please send us an email and you can apply to Ryan's agency. <laughs> oh, I would love. And I'm sure you. he'll find a place for you if you're oh, like I about gar- this. I like, I guarantee I'll make it work. Yeah. Don't mark um, my words, but like I guarantee it. All right. Meta descriptions, they do not help you rank any better. If they did, I'd be doing it all day and caring about it. But what they do help with, right, is they, you know, when people search certain terms, and your li- you know your website comes up in the SERPs. They kind of bold those terms in the meta description, and also tells the end user what that page is about in more of a sentence form, right? So it's a long form and like uh, write up of what the page is about, as opposed to like the SEO page title, which is really just like a sentence, right? You know, it can it can really influence click through rates, which is important because uh, you know user statistics on your website, like people clicking on it bouncing so they come to your web page they don't like it they they leave like within a couple of seconds it's like called a bounce people do that uh all that stuff is actually going to influence your your rankings so they kind of have in a roundabout sort of way they can influence your rankings but they don't directly do it they're important for 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 these reasons and it can really influence people to click on it if you write good ones if you don't bother editing your your meta description what google typically does is it'll it'll crawl the, the first kind of content it perceives to be the content users will see on the page itself and then kind of plug that into to the SERPs. So typically people's first like paragraph of a page doesn't exactly give a best description of like what you're going to see or what you're going to get from going to the page. So it's better that you edit it and pretty much describe it, which is it's a description. I think it's roughly 140 characters or maybe I made that up. Definitely like way more than it used to be. I know that. And, um, and yeah, click through. It's everything 
Um, yeah, and it's, uh, so it's valuable. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to have blank meta descriptions. You know, they're usually about two to three sentences that you want to focus on writing up there. There's there's a character limit, just like everything in SEO that's like meta related. And you know, look and see what it is. I don't really remember what it is at the moment. I use like Yoast when I do it, and it tells me when I'm over it. So I don't I don't know the exact number. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was 140. The 140. Um, I think it, it used to be. That sounds about right. Be, it used to be 80, kind of like Twitter. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Or maybe that's why I'm thinking but, about Twitter. But either way, as a best practice, make sure you have a meta description and make sure that it's unique. Don't use the same one, copy and paste it on a bunch of pages. Like write yeah, a unique please one. Don't. There's a reason that they have, or I don't know if they still do, but there's a reason that Google Search Console or formerly Google Webmaster Tools made a point of saying you have duplicate titles, you have duplicate descriptions. It's like you're, you're being lazy. You have to make it unique. There's a lot of SEOs that don't know it as Webmaster Tools. I still call it GWT. Because it's been like, what, three years, four years oh, now? Oh, God. Why are we getting so old, Paul? We're getting old. All right. So we, we've talked about the metadata. Let's move to like the actual on page. So you've set up your URLs. You've set up your site architecture. You got your metadata for like the article. You put it in your CMS probably WordPress, hopefully not Drupal. There's a lot of bad CMSs out there. Put it in there. What else do you need to optimize on the page? And so you're going to look at your H1. And regardless of Google telling you that they don't value H1s over H2s and H3s, it's a bunch of crap. Don't listen to them. They lie to you all the time about everything because they just want you to do more paid search. And they don't you do well organically anyways. So we're going to focus on H1s. And that is really what the main keyword about what your article is about, it needs to live in your H1. I don't like this as an example, but forget, I can't think of my own. Uh, it's supposed to be a lot like a book. So, you know, with, with a book, um, you, you would have the title of the, the book would be the H1, and then kind of your subsections would be your H2s, and they'd kind of describe what's going to be happening in each of the sections. Yeah, but your subsections are going to be your H2s, right? And then within that are going to be H3s, and then within that are going to be bullet points, right? And that's honestly how I structure all of my articles, and they all do pretty well organically. Sure. Let's talk about other best practices on the page. Once you have the H1s and your 2s, um, sometimes you go to 3s. I don't know why would anyone go to 4s, but they're there. One thing I, I did want to mention is when we're talking about like editing meta information, um, without a couple plugins such as your all-in-one SEO and, and your Yoast, you're not going to ex exactly have like a space on the page to edit it. Um, back in the day, it used to be like hard-coded in the header. So you yeah. used to go via HTML and add like a snippet of code that was like, you know, brackets with meta title equals and parentheses, sorry, quotations, um, same with description. So nowadays, life's a lot easier here in 2020. It actually, it's been easier for quite some time. So... You will enable a plugin, an SEO plugin of your of your uh, choice. There's really only two SEO plugins. That's, I mean, if you could think of a third, be my guess. I mean, absolutely. I can't. I mean, is you can't or you won't? Uh, I can't. I, I can't think of of one I would recommend outside of the two. Uh, honestly, I would recommend Yoast above any other SEO plugin. It's it's the one I always use. All in one SEO is pretty good, but I I, I think SEO I think Yoast SEO is at the top of its game. Like I think it has more features, better usability, and they're more responsive to like the changes in, in the industry than any other plugin. I will say something interesting about both is that they 
haven't appeared to have changed or updated dramatically in the past few years. And I don't know if, I don't think it's necessarily even a gap anywhere, but also some of the greatest things come in threes. So who knows what could happen? Well, uh, maybe, uh, honestly, WordPress has added the functionality within its core to add some of these things now. Well, I want to, um, men- I would like to mention one thing about that then is that, and then also a lot of themes might have something built in as well. So there's a lot of opportunities to write and rewrite yeah. information. So that being said, be conscientious if you're, if you're doing it and using certain fields or use, using certain functionality to do it, that meta information isn't being overwritten or crawled in a different order. But if you don't have that built into your theme and you had to pick a plugin, what would you pick? Uh, me, me personally, I'll, I'll, I'll get on board with EOS 2. I don't have a, enough fodder to like make an argument for all, all in one, but I will say that for the functionality all in one does have, it, it does it correctly. And I like um, all in one site map that it generates better. And I think that there's something else. I mm. kind of like what they do. Uh, they make it a little bit easier to no index, no follow certain um, elements of your website. And there's one other thing I can't think of it. There's just a, there's just a the few end, things I prefer. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it, all that really matters is if the information is there and it's crawlable by Google. Going back to just real quick with Yoast and on-site optimization, like individual page optimization. So what Yoast will do, and this is like a pretty good consideration, sometimes it's overkill, is that they'll they'll have kind of like their on-page or per-page SEO audit. So they'll tell you based off of like its own programming, like, okay, you did a good title. You did a good description. Um, you only mentioned your core keyword twice. You didn't do like X, Y, and Z. So um, another thing to k- kind of consider is keyword insertion slash keyword density, um, which I believe is uh, important to be at least a little bit cognizant of when you're uh, developing a page. Oh, that's actually a really good subject matter to talk about. I don't know if we delved we we did talk about it on on the the first uh, episode of this about content and that's the percentage of like keywords that you should have in in your content. Yeah, yeah, we we did. So what I mentioned probably in the first one is that never. I don't think it's a good practice for an SEO or, or any copywriter, for that matter, even writing with SEO in mind, to be like, I have to mention this word like X amount of times. I have to mention the keyword once every 150 words. I think it stifles the flow. Yeah. But I will say that. If you are done with the page, you publish it and you look and you didn't mention the keyword once, then it's time to revisit it and see how you can put it back. Yeah. Like, honestly, when I have content written by outside writers, I don't give them keywords. I give them a a subject. I'm like, I would like an article about this and then it needs to be this, like this many words and I need like these topics covered and then I let them write it. What you'll find in the SEO industry when you give specifics like that to writers if you're using like Upwork or, you know, any number of uh, like outsourcing sources, um, they're going to stuff that keyword in there as many times as like possible because they're going to think like this is what I need to do to do a good job and they're not going to write a good article at all. I completely agree. It's much easier for them to let let them do their thing and then put them in afterwards than them be like, oh, I have to mention it and then be like thinking about it the whole time while they're writing it. Yeah, so, absolutely. Just yeah. as the best advice I can give to you for like content creation, don't tell them to like write in this keyword. The only thing that I would I would tell them, and I want this would get to like uh, the next part of uh, best practices for SEO optimization on page is to definitely cite some examples offsite and external link though. 
I said, you know, if you're, if you're doing your research and you're kind of getting sources and references, and mm-hmm. some of them are very authoritative and not your competition, by the way, um, that you should definitely um, have a few external links in there here and there because I, I do believe that on-site optimization includes a proper use of internal and external links. Do you want to link your pages together from a subject matter standpoint? It's going back to our subdirectories and our tiers, but that's also how the internal linking works. So if you're on that tier three, if you have like a call to action, it's like you want to you know, learn more about car accidents, that's internal linked up a tier to the car accidents. The car accidents page would be like, if you want to get in touch with our personal injury lawyers, that goes up a tier back to the homepage. So it's important to be conscientious of the flow of internal links working their way back up tiers. And the tiers that are above aren't so much supposed to be working their way down because that's also a part of how the, the link flow of juice, the juicy stuff kind of moves along that way. If you want to research what Google perceives on page to be all about, um, oh. look up eat standards are important. So read all about that. It's, it's uh, tons of documentation. We didn't, I mean, cause the, cause, because this is a SEO one-on-one, we didn't really get into the eat guidelines. Oh, you um, did want to talk about eat? I don't because it's like we're, no, we're not going to it. Little that's, high level. If you're signing and like yawning at that, the eat is like tedious. Yeah, but it's so. important to understand it, so um, we're not going to go into it. But one other thing that I would suggest optimizing on page, which is important, is to add alt text to your images. Yes, um, absolutely do this. One thing that you also want to do when you're adding images to your website or any files, really. Um, you want to optimize the file path with keywords in it. So let's say you have an image on your on your computer that you're going to upload to your website, right? Don't just have it be a bunch of random numbers like the file, right? Like actually name the image on your computer, the keywords that you wanted to rank for, right? Put some dashes in there. So if it's like personal dash injury dash attorney dash LA, that's what you're going to name your image. And then when you upload it to your to your website, it's going to have that in the file path for the image. Yeah. And then uh, images, um, especially if you go through all your images via the media on a WordPress, I know we're talking about WordPress a lot, but let's be real. <laughs> a lot of people have it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can go through and uh, edit all text um, very quickly through there. They actually have a field for description, which frankly, I'm like, I don't know the difference between the alt text and description is. And then they have a caption and then yeah, they show you the title and then they show you the, the URL and yeah, the file path of the actual image. So there's a lot that can be uh, edited. You'd be shocked at the amount of people that come to a website from image searches. It's it's way more than you would think. Well, I mean, think about it this way. I mean, if you're you're searching for like a certain kind of uh, food and you're getting a bunch of your typical 10 search results that are all textual, you might just like opt for the images and be like, I'm gonna look for the image that looks like the tastiest um, pot pie, the tastiest mm. uh, pot roast. And then if you see it, you're gonna click through. Click on that. It's going to take you to the page that hosts the image, which is going to be probably a recipe page. Uh, same for like cars or anything visual. Um, yeah. And honestly, just... image SEO is probably the easiest type of SEO to do on the planet. <laughs> it probably is. I don't know. Have you ever done link building to an image? Is that a thing? I, I haven't because most of the time I just add the, like the meta stuff and the stuff in the URL and it ranks. Yeah, if you, if you fill out all the appropriate fields, you're way ahead of the game. Compared yeah, to like most people. people don't even do that. And if you just do a little bit, it'll it'll rank in the top of uh, Google Images. A couple of footer notes for uh, on-page optimization. If you have videos, that's great for time on site, which in turn does help with rankings because of our aforementioned click-through rates. 
um, and or bounce rates um, rather. Yeah, that's that's one thing mentioned. Uh, for geo pages, I prefer doing map embeds. Um, I don't want to. These are like all. Oh stuff. yeah, this is like high level. It's, it's like rabbit it. hole stuff, but it's just like stuff yeah. for your consideration. That let's start here, and then once you establish that, there's more for you to be yeah. very very if, much excited about. If you're listening to this and you have specific questions uh, that are like beyond what we've covered, like email us. We'll be happy to like talk to you about it and just give you some free information. Um, you know, but there's previous podcasts that we've covered, like all this that you can go back and check out. That really sums up the page. Talked about URL structure. We've talked about kind of site structure. Make, make sure anytime you're adding a new page, new blog, new article, that it fits in somewhere that has navigation. Don't publish just a page and then there isn't link. You can't like link to it because then it's just going to be by itself. It's not part of like your site technically, um, yeah. or it's not connected anywhere. So just be just conscientious that it's it's a living, breathing thing. And it needs, all the appendages need to be connected. Yeah, everything is connected. That's the best way to like think about it. Connected from your navigation and and links on your homepage and uh, your internal linking strategy. I feel like if you cover all these topics um, that we went over today, you're in a good place from like an entry level SEO um, to really like cover your on-page stuff. You know, so like listen to what we said, try it out, test your own things for sure. Hopefully, if you're new to the SEO industry, you found some of this uh, useful in this three-part series that we did. You know, if you're one of our usual listeners, we're going to get back to doing some more high-level SEO stuff in our next episodes. But, you know, we wanted to cover just all the basics for 2020 and give everyone just, just a good foundation to start in this industry. I think that if you're, you're starting off and you listen to this four-part well, Three-part series oh, with the one part. part. Technically, well, it's four-part. It's for the little preface. We're like, Paul, we may or may not talk about all these things, but guess what? We actually did. And we yeah. do have video tutorials as well on the uh, SEO's Dead YouTube channel. And I think that if you're not trying to do something that's just hyper-competitive or insanely saturated, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to do this to rank it for a personal injury in Los Angeles. Like, It's like, no, you're probably not going to. But if you're doing like some niche stuff or some hobby stuff or some passion project things and your small business and even a medium sized business, I'm sure you can, you'll definitely get some traction implementing exactly what we said. It's very actionable. But with that, we're going to wrap everything up and you know, it's been a fun four part, three part series. And uh, you know, I just want to say uh, thank you to all of our listeners out there. We really appreciate you guys. You know, we try to respond to you guys as quickly as possible and, and we love hearing from you. Um, we kind of hear from you guys pretty regularly now, which is pretty cool. So, you know, if you want to hit us up, you have a question you want to ask, you're interested in being on here, or you have someone you want us to interview, um, you can contact us at uh, SEO is dead and otherwise at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, don't hit us up on Twitter. I hate Twitter. I don't use our Twitter account ever. I just made it for the link juice that comes from it. Uh, which isn't a lot. So don't even <laughs> worry about that. Um, or, I mean, you can kind of find us on LinkedIn if you want. I feel like a lot of people find you on LinkedIn, right, Ryan? Yeah, like all, like a whole bunch or something. Yeah, a whole bunch. Um, but yeah, we love hearing from you guys. And we really appreciate like all the downloads. You know, I, I think, you know, Ryan and I were talking about this like off the air, uh, but we strive to provide like actual useful information. We want to create a podcast that we would want to listen to ourselves. Even though you don't, you don't listen no, to I it. I don't. <laughs> well, I have to listen to it because uh, you know, a lot of editing. When you yeah. listen to your own voice, it's really awful. Um, I don't mind my voice, even though most people probably think yeah. it's awful. But, um, you know, it's something that like over the, 
like the rest of this year, uh, we're going to try and provide even even more content for you guys that's useful and actionable. Just want to put that out there that you know we appreciate all you guys and uh, we hope to hear from you soon. Yeah, and then one la- last thing I I want to um, give a shout out to TCU for suggesting that we do this four part series. Um, we we very much enjoyed doing it. It gave us uh, a chance to take a step back, reflect, and then also provide information that we wouldn't really have done otherwise. But yeah, I think it was it was great. And uh, we've gotten some fantastic suggestions from some of our listeners for upcoming episodes and uh, a couple uh, new guests that we yeah, plan on and, having on. You know, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Um, you know, we really appreciate the likes. Uh, I don't even really think they help with our rankings in like Apple Podcasts or anything like that, but it just makes us feel better about ourselves. It's the affirmation <laughs> we've been looking for. If it's not yeah. going to be monetary, it's going to be social. Yeah, you know, um, but, uh, you know, if you get a chance to do that, we, we appreciate it because, um, you know, we're, we're just doing this for you guys. Thanks. And then uh, one last note, we're, we're the ninth biggest SEO podcast in Israel. Oh, yeah, we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, we're ranked like ninth in um, like the U.S. on Apple Podcasts. I, I saw that bounce back and forth. I look on my phone, I'm like, holy crap. And then I look online and I'm like, no. So I don't know where, I don't know why. Well, no, no, different. it's definitely in the same online. I checked it uh, the other day. Well, at being part of the top 10 is fascinating to me and very much appreciated. Love, love doing it. We very much enjoy it and we're going to keep, keep going. We definitely keep do. Getting better. Anyways. All okay. right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this has been another episode of SEO is Dead and Other Lies. Goodbye, sucker. Bye.